0: Welcome to another episode of Too Fit to Be Tied. What are we talking about today?
1: Well, we have a guest today.
0: Wow, another guest. We're another like guest.
1: It with the I, I got to be honest with you. Okay. I'm like super nervous. I've what? never, ever been nervous interviewing any guest, but I'm nervous about this one.
0: Okay. So now you have to tell us why you're nervous.
1: Well, I don't actually know this person. Okay. His, okay. Na- his name is Jay Raymond. Okay. Go, his real name is Jack, but his pen name is Jay Raymond. Okay.
0: Well, you don't know him, but we're going to talk to him. So how do you? So. So how did you come into contact with this person?
1: I'm kind of like a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, remember when we shot the episode with um, the Buddhist nun, and I told you I never want to be friends. Like, I'm not the person that will ever want to be friends with somebody, but her. Oh, I wanted right. to be her friend.
0: You started stalking her and. I, and her- <laughs>
1: Hey, I got her as a guest. Doesn't matter you, how I you, did it. You did. Okay. I I don't admire people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't like have like a fanatical sort of, I don't know, feeling for people. Okay. I never have. The only okay. person ever is Joey from New Kids on the Block. Okay. That was like my only <laughs> oh. like, oh my God, I will pass out if I meet him. Oh. Okay.
0: I don't even know who that is. You don't even is. know who that is? I'm I'm sort of familiar with the group. I don't know. The different... you not sounds.
1: that old. How is this possible? New Kids on the Block?
0: I mean, even if they were... I mean, I, I guess it's just not my kind of music.
1: Okay. All right. Well, it was mine. And okay. And Joey was like, you know, it for me. Okay. So, but Joey other than New him, other block. than when I was, you know, I don't know, nine. Okay. Never have I had like a... Like a... I've never been a fan of anybody's. Okay. And I... I am like such a fan of this person. I don't even know him.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're a fan of Jay Raymond. Yes. And we also got to work on getting, what's his name? Joey. From, oh, oh J- Joey. Joey. Joey from New Kids on the Block yes. as a guest. Yes. Okay.
1: okay. All right. Deal.
0: But now, but today we're going to focus on.
1: Yeah. But I, don't make me sound stupid. Okay.
0: Don't make you. What do you mean? Don't make you sound Because I'm stupid?
1: nervous. Don't make me sound stupid. Like I, interject, how, jump in if I say something how can like. I, oh,
0: okay. I got it. Because
1: I might say something. You know what I mean? Like jump in and help me.
0: Okay. I mean, you, you know I could edit all this stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just telling you now, like be my good, be a wingman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, I can edit anything out, you know. This
1: man, okay. Unless, so.
0: unless you piss me off and it's just <laughs> all going right in there.
1: So I came, I stumbled across this person, okay? Okay. So I don't know how the algorithm works on, like, Facebook, right? But Mm -hmm. it shows you random things. And I'm just like, sometimes you're like, who is this person? Or who's this artist? Or, you know, things come across. Yeah. So this one, like, I guess you'd call it a poem. I don't, I think people think poems are supposed to rhyme. That's why I'm reluctant to say a poem. Because they don't always have to rhyme. I don't think they have to rhyme. I think some people think that. Okay. But it was a writing, okay, okay. of his. You, maybe you'd call it a poem, a writing, a post. I don't know. Call it what you will, right? But he wrote He wrote this, and I was like, oh, I literally almost dropped my phone. Like, I don't, for some reason to me, it just was like, damn. And I felt that way about all of his, all of his posts, should be honest with you. Some of them I can't even relate to, and I'm like, oh. <gasps> wow. Like, okay. I, I feel like, right. I know, it, it just like takes my breath away. It
0: touched you on a deep. Yes. Emotional level. It's
1: right. Okay. I've never had this. So I'm gonna read the one that I first read that I first read online and was like, I need to contact this person. And I did. And now he's a guest. And Got he it. probably thinks I'm nuts. Okay. Okay. So he posts, fall for a man who you feel at home next to, one who never gets too comfortable with your heart, who isn't busy admiring himself and refuses to stop learning one who's aware of his weaknesses and never opts for a shortcut, one who works without applause and can get his hands dirty for the things you want most in life. Fall for a man who has a mind and a heart wide open. Pay close attention to each one of your details and knows how to take you to your very limits. Fall for a man so resilient inside you have no choice but to believe he can carry the weight of you both. Fall for a man with some actual depth and insight and a bite that keeps the world in check. Fall for his fire, his ability and willingness to make you laugh and who he is already, not who you hope for him to someday be. Fall for his, don't fall for his words. Fall for what he makes of them. Fall for someone who keeps you safe, who never makes a fool of you. Someone who adds real value. Someone who will work when you have nothing left to give. Who gives so much more than what he takes. When you find him, fall all the way and let him know it's safe to do the same. Then, no matter what, be the very first person to always lift him up.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Very nice.
1: Right? I mean, I read that and I was like, ah. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. And so I messaged him and I said I would really. Did
0: did that put him above Joey from New Kids on the Block? It did. I was like, I
1: I got a little like, oh, my God. I've never admired somebody's work like this. This is It's amazing. And then I started digging deeper and then I bought his book and Mm -hmm. I started reading that. And I was like, I just, I I just, it resonated with me. I don't know. I'm a, I'm into poetry now, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to be like doing, what are those things called? uh, Like the slams? slams? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to read his stuff. (laughs) 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 Memorize it and go up there. Standing ovation. Oh, all right. Uh, So You got to write your own stuff. We're going to, I'm kidding. I'm not going to plagiarize. All right, let's, let's, let's contact him. This
2: is Jack.
1: Hi, Jack. It's Constance. Hey,
3: Constance. How are you?
1: How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. You're here with uh, me and Jerome.
0: Hey, thanks for joining hey, us. We're really excited to talk, to talk to you.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. This is a good time for you, yes?
3: Absolutely.
1: All right. So you're on air, and I was just sharing with Jerome in the audience. Um, Jerome's like, who is this guy? And I said, um, I just want you to know that I have never been a, a fangirl of anybody in okay. my whole life.
0: Okay, now, just just to be clear, what? I didn't say it like that. Like, who is this guy? Oh,
1: okay, I'm sorry. He did I, not... I
0: said, how do you know this person?
1: Sure, okay, true. He didn't say it that way. That's true. Sorry, I made you sound like a complete asshole.
0: Right, yeah. I'm, You're I'm right. You, did
3: put, you put some stink on it. I did, I did, <laughs> right.
1: right? Like, who the hell is this guy? And I said, I am like this fangirl, I've never been like that. I your stuff is my God, your writings, your poetry, like it makes me it like takes my breath away. I've never felt that way about any anything.
0: Except well, Joey from New Kids on the Block.
1: That's true. Joey from New Kids on the Block when I was nine took my <laughs> breath away. But like now you're up it's, there. You are up there. that's, that's high
3: praise to to <laughs> compete against New Kids on the Block. I don't know uh, that, you know, I I guess mom, I made it.
1: Oh my, yes, <laughs> right. yes. But I, I just read the, actually I read the audience a post of yours and it, it was about um, fall in love with a man who dot, dot, dot. You know? Yeah. It, I, oh my God. Like, I don't know. Your stuff is incredible. And I, of course, I got your book, read it twice. And <clears throat> I mean, I we want to know more about you. So tell us about the, King, the Kindred Project. I, I'm... Tell us what it is, what the collaboration is, and you know, how you even came up with this idea.
3: Sure, sure. The the Kindred project was kind of 10 years in the making when um when I first started sharing my work publicly, um, which was in and of itself was a huge accomplishment for me. I kind of just assumed these words were gonna I was gonna take these to, to my grave with me. And a friend of mine encouraged me to to start sharing my my poetry, my prose, my work. Um, with everybody, and I said, "Like who, where?" And they said Instagram, and I said, "What the hell is Instagram?" And you know, they she sets up my account the next day, and kind of off, off and running from there. But re- re- relatively quickly, from the time I started to share my work and people started, I started to those people were connecting with it. They just as quickly started messaging me, asking me if I would write something for them about their life. Uh, pertaining to their story for someone in their life a loved one, a parent a uh, son or daughter uh, any anything like that and and I was always intrigued with that. I thought it would be a, a cool way for me to kind of challenge myself creatively step outside of what I know and put myself in someone else's world and um, I, I started doing custom poetry uh, I added it as an item and every holiday season I would be inundated with you know 50 100 150 200 custom poem orders and I just thought it was a cool little add-on to to what I was doing and something to keep me busy in between books deep in my heart I I always had this idea of instead of someone just emailing me their story flippantly Or, you know, it it kind of wasn't very personal. It's just an email. They rattled off about, like, what this person meant to them. And then I would try and turn that into a poem. I had this idea of really connecting with the person and getting to know them, spending time with them on the phone over a Zoom meeting and actually hearing their story and, and, you know, kind of just getting to know them on a more personal, deeper level and publishing a book with those stories it took me 10 years to get sober and clean. And I don't know if that's something that, that you guys will want to get into at some point, but, um, I, I always had that dream of putting the book together, build the custom poetry of individuals that I worked, uh, gotten to know, but I knew it, it demanded attention and respect. And just, I wasn't at that place in life. I was battling with my own demons, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
3: once I got sober, um, I knew immediately this is, this was the right time. And, and I just published the first volume of the Kindred Project in June, and that became a bestseller. And I thought I was going to take a little more time off, but last month I announced um, volume two, which we just started.
0: Wow! Wow! Now, now Congrats! How did, how did the how did the writings differ from people sending you just rattling off an email versus you spending time to get to know them?
3: I think it was cathartic for them. Um, and, and me, honestly, I, I think in, in a way I, I became almost a, a sounding board of a, a dollar store therapist. <laughs> you know, oh, we know that. Stores, um, <laughs> you know, they, um, it, some of the stories that I have heard from the 115 individuals in the first volume to, I've already done, I, I want to say 25 or 26 interviews for the this, this second, the this second volume. Um. I, they're almost hard to put in words. They're so personal. They're so moving. They're powerful and heartbreaking. And I mean, some real tragedies. And what a shame it would have been if I were to just skim through somebody's email, hung over, half sober, and then try to make art from it. I feel like it deserved better than that. And to it's brave on the contributor's part as well to have to sit there with some guy poetry they like, and now they're sitting on a Zoom call with them, and they're still in their guts about traumas that have happened to them, you know, when they were a child, or wow. loss of a loved ones, or domestic violence, or sexual assault and abuse, and just things that are, are you know, it, a lot of a, a couple of them have never shared with anyone, and here they are sharing it with me, and I consider it a, a real honor and a privilege. Just to listen to it, let alone try and write something that maybe helps them feel seen or heard a little
1: bit. Yeah. You know, I find it hard to believe that you haven't experienced every single thing you wrote in this book because it is so like, this is, it's so first person. Do you know what I mean? It feels so, I should say, it feels so like, like, like I don't know how you can put someone else's story into the words that you do unless you have some kind of like, crazy empathy or like, do you know, I, I I can't wrap my brain around it. It is very hard for me to understand when I read them. And I'd like to read one to you. Well, I'd like to read your own writing to you, if you don't mind. And I, I just want to ask you.
0: And then he can rate your yeah. he can rate your your performance.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this to you and then I have some questions. Okay, so this is a short one. It's um, how lucky are we to have found the world in someone who now we get to see it I say, oh God, I suck at this. Who now, (laughs) who we now get to see it all with. Experiencing it through their eyes too. Maybe we were never lost. Maybe we were simply learning to break in all the right ways. Creating room and space for the other to find a home within. Learning how to love from some unfamiliar place. They say it's the journey more than the destination that matters. And we're proof that's true. The beauty is the unknown. Our life together. The adventure that begins with getting lost alongside you. So I, like that one, I almost cried when I first read it. I loved that one. And I thought, but what is this story? You know, can you, do you remember that particular one? Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Melanie and Keith. And they stand out in particular um, because they were one of of very few couples, married couple. They were engaged at the time. And I actually, after writing that, helped Keith write his vows even, which is, again, like here I was just sharing my half drunk thoughts on Instagram 10, 11 years ago to help him, you know, this awesome guy, write his vows. and it, you know, it's been a cool ride, but Melanie and Keith were one of the uh, a few number of couples that, um, uh, were involved in the project. And they thought after they got engaged, this would be a cool way to kind of commemorate this new chapter of their life. And they, they, he he's a traveling nurse they were they travel around the country together one of the things that i remember them saying to me specifically was that they just chase better weather Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: that's that's kind of their life so just this whole aspect of them together going down new roads and how the ones that they were on separately before meeting converged to create a whole new one together i thought was um was was just awesome (laughs) and and, it was that was easy to write about some a lot of what I and tasked to to convey is heavy and harder and, but, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of love and beauty and, and cool things that I'm presented with too. And that was one of them.
1: My- well, yes, you write about different types of relationships and love lost and love gained and love finally found and tragedy and sobriety and depression. And, you know, I, what do these people have you ever when you write them? Have you gotten to see the reaction on their faces when they first read them?
2: A few times, yes.
1: And what um, is that like?
2: You know, most of the time, there's, they, they cry a
3: lot, and I wish I, I wish I was better at crying. You know, I wish I could join them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But I think after ten years of, of of doing it, to me, I'm I'm so. I, I It's not impersonal to me, but to me it's a, it's my craft, and I'm never going to perfect it. I'm always going to criticize it, I'm always going to judge it. Mm. Um, but I look at it like once I'm done writing it it it's i this is the, the cliche or, or the comparison that I use. It's like a little paper boat, and then I push it up. I'm done with it, I push it offshore, and that's it that's my work is done. And hopefully what happens is someone else finds this paper boat and it speaks to them and they bring it back to me and they, and they tell me that, it. oh my God, it's like you wrote this for me. Yes. Some of the same things that you told me Constance. Like no. That's me. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you wrote this for me. And it's like the first gift for me was the ability, the, the opportunity to write it, whether it's for somebody else or about my own life. That's the first gift. That's what I'm in it for. That's the joy of my, the love of my life is this creative process. It's a privilege to be able to, to, to finish a project or a piece of poetry, gently nudge it offshore. That's the first gift that I feel like I did it. The second gift is what you all give me by bringing it back, saying it meant something to you. So it's such a cool thing that I get to, I, I get to benefit from my job in two different ways and it also connects Again. So it's nice to see their reaction, and they always tell me what it means, and that does resonate a little bit. But to me, it's yours now. It's not mine. It's yours. You have that forever, and, and your your life's going to change too. And maybe one day it doesn't relate, and, but that's okay. Right now, it's yours, and, and and and
2: that's okay with me.
0: So, so Jack, you mentioned your sobriety a couple times. Um, did your creative process change before and after, or and if it did, how? How so?
3: I was um, my my right brain is inspired by I walk around and see the world lyrically almost, and like I whereas like a visual art, artist, I photographer friends of mine, they'll be walking down the street and they'll just say, "Oh my God, Jack, stop! Look at this! Look at this!" and I have no. I have no damn idea what they're looking at or what they see. I don't get it.
2: Mm. But
3: I see the world more lyrically. When I was sick, when I was in active addiction, abusing drugs and alcohol, I still saw the world lyrically, but it was really dark. It was really sad. All you know, it's a depressant. You know, I I had highs and super low lows. So so much of what I wrote back then, um, it it, it was just it was there wasn't any hope in it. Um it, it was It was sad and, and darker, and that's probably the biggest difference uh and I would imagine the same goes for a lot of musicians who who've ever struggled with addictions <laughs> some of they might create beautiful work, but it's sad mm. and and that was maybe the case for me um the last couple of books before the Kindred project, which was the first thing I published once Silver, um were are hard for me to read i, I don't I can't really People will send me pieces from them and say, "Oh, I really like this, and it's just I mean, it's uh, I can remember where I was, and that sounds like somebody who was dying
1: Wow, uh, oh my gosh, well, do you think that some of the writings now that you are sober have been cathartic for you
2: yes i' it's amazing what gratitude
3: really does right? like every day i I am excited to do my job it, like I get to write for a living this has been my job full-time for over 10 years now but it's the first time uh that i can really appreciate that um um, but there was since in the beginning i was so excited writing this wave like oh my god i can't believe i just published a book like what are the odds of that oh my god it's a bestseller are you kidding me like whose life is this that's amazing and yeah and then my addiction set in and it turned into a job and it was just a way for me to fund my sickness and now that now that I'm out of that um it it, it almost took it all like i had to hit a bottom a real true true bottom i had to feel myself dying like yeah, i was almost there and to, to to be spared that's why the kindred project meant so much to me and means so much to me it's my way giving back to the people who supported me during those 10 years where I was doing everything in my power to sabotage my own career to to turn off people who were supporting my art I didn't care I I was so self-absorbed and egomaniacal at the time that I I was like I was trying to undermine my art If, if you supported me well I was sick so if you supported me then you were a fool and that's how I treated you.
2: Mm.
3: And so to, to, to be on the other side of that now, it, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I wake up every day and I I thank God that I'm here, that I get to connect with people, that you, you know, I'm still an artist and I think everything I write isn't good,
2: but <laughs> I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it.
1: Jerome, let's switch gears for a minute. Why
0: are we switching gears?
1: So I have to tell you about my new favorite insurance agent, John Dadbin, who just so happens to be a podcast advertiser.
0: Oh, by all means, let's hear it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so John Dadbin is with Goosehead Insurance. He offers home, auto, dwelling, and umbrella insurance coverage. And I met this guy at a networking event maybe about a year back. Mm -hmm. Super cool, easy to talk to. Like, we totally hit it off. He is like the kind of guy that... If my house was on fire, I could totally call and be like, help.
0: After you call the fire department, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's phone or call second, number two. Okay. So John checked rates for me. He said he couldn't save me money. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for trying. So six months later, he calls me out of the blue, and he's like, guess what? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I saved your information. I checked your rates. I could save you $1,000. Wow. Wow. And I, I was like, you're not changing my insurance coverage. Everything stays the same. Yep, $1,000 less. Wow. Yeah. So the thing is, insurance is hard. Insurance, shopping for insurance is hard, and it doesn't need to be. When you have a guy like John who just, like, checks your stuff, all you have to do is hand in payment, and you're covered. Super simple, super easy. That's amazing. So if you're in Illinois, contact John. You can text him. Um, text 2FIT, to T-O-O-F-I-T, so he knows that we sent you. He will check your, uh, and give you a quote, check your insurance coverage, let you know what he can do for you, um, 312-680-6242. That's John, 312-680-6242. I, you know, that's so fascinating, the part where you say, like, you know, people cry and you're like, eh. <laughs> Like you're critical of your own work—that is just crazy and mind-boggling to me. Because when you read it, I mean, you, I, you, I feel like this, there, this couldn't have been said any better. And yet, somehow, you think there's a way that it could have been. You know?
3: Look, here's how I look at it. So, if I've never worked out, and then I go to the gym, and I'm serious about it, right? Like I'm not going to the gym and, and bullshitting. I'm like, all, I'm there. I'm not on my phone. I got a trainer. Uh, you know, I'm I'm eating right, I'm doing the right exercise, like I'm, I'm a, a student of that craft. If I'm going to the gym and really working on my fitness, my health, my disease, in 90 days, I can probably look at a picture of my old self and be like, oh my God, I look so different compared yeah. to even 90 days ago. That's, when, that's exactly how I treat this. It, so every 90 days, geez, even sooner than that, I feel like I've outgrown it. But ah. it's because I work on it every single day. Okay. That, joy.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It,
3: the only difference is it's not physical. Uh, you know, it, it's not a picture of, you know, oh, I had, like right now I have no abs. Hopefully one day I'll have one. <laughs> and, you know, which, you know, so that's physical. I could see the difference. With writing, I can see it. You know, others can't. They don't think they can, but my work is is growing. There's more people who are connecting with it. So that's, that's the proof. I mean, not the number of people who enjoy your work isn't the only indicator of whether or not it's good, but it's it's a good one that I'm retaining, that the people who started with me still connect with my work and that a whole bunch of new people also do now.
1: Uh, yeah. Now, that's, that's a great analogy. I like that. I, that was it, a good one. Yeah. Did you know we were trainers?
3: I kind of gathered. <laughs> <Okay. that laughs> In all fairness, I've
1: used, I've, I've used that one. Okay, all right, all right. I was like, wow, he really did his homework here. I like this guy. Um, So did you, when you were in school and you did, you know, you wrote papers and, you know, whatnot, were you, did you know you were talented? Did your teachers notice a talent that you had for writing then or did this come later?
3: High school. Um, I would say in like middle school, junior high, I had, I used to do do this weird thing where i would take like i guess this would be even earlier elementary school goosebumps books Mm -hmm. remember goosebumps yeah um i would i was always stoked about that little scholastic book fair. when that like i would you know i was that kid who would save up my lunch money and like buy a lamborghini poster and three books or something (laughs) and like that that was it that was like the highlight and what i i I, it's it's didn't make sense to me at the time. Now I, I can see, like, maybe there was a correlation. I would take these goosebumps books and rewrite them longhand. Wow. And change change some of the, you know, and in my head, it was like, oh, this book's only you know, 150 pages. That's not going to be that long to write. But, you know,
2: like,
3: by hand, it ends up being, like, 300 pages or something. Same. I don't know why I did that, but something subconsciously, I guess, and by the time I got to middle school, book reports were, weren't, um, a chore. I enjoyed them. Uh, math and science was the bane of my existence. So I guess I started to lean into the arts more. And by high school, my my teachers started to notice. But out of high school, I got a job selling insurance. I, I thought there was no possible way I could make a living, um, you know, selling it, my writing, let alone poetry.
1: Wow.
0: So so, how did you go from selling insurance to writing full time? <laughs>
1: Um, so not to
3: get too heavy, but it was my father's passing, uh, 12 years ago. I was so I sold insurance from 18 to like 25 and I was not a good person. Uh, I made a lot of money. I drove a Lexus and I thought I was like the greatest, coolest thing. And now I look back and I'm just, it looks like a scared, immature, insecure little boy.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And, but my father was very blue collar. And both of my parents were alcoholics, so I I just really wanted to be the opposite of them, I thought. So I went into the corporate world, and every year I made a little more money, and every year I grew a little bit more miserable.
2: Mm.
3: And when my father passed away, uh, I'll never forget, I was um, writing, I knew I was going to have to be the one to to do like a little speech, um, a little obituary at the little memorial. And I, I wrote manically for two days. I didn't leave the house and it was like, I was writing a love letter to him, everything. I wish I had, um, I had told him when he was alive that I never gave him credit for that. I was proud to be his son. Um, and I knew it, it it was like as clear as anything I've ever known in my life. I knew it. I knew this, this is what I'm meant to do. Wow. And I quit my job a week later. Um, had a little bit of money saved up, not much. I got really good at being broke, and um, I just wrote every single day. I worked some, you know, part time jobs here and there, and that it, it was all that mattered. It, it was how I dealt with the, the things I went through as a child. Even it was, it was that was my therapy. That was how I can kind of quiet. The noise a little bit, and it, it it became and still is the most
0: important thing in my life. But yeah, it was while writing his obituary that I knew wow. this is it. Oh, that's amazing. Had it- now, so so were you so from the time when you were eighteen to twenty five, you were selling insurance. Were you writing at that time, or was it only after your father's passing that it sort of picked up again?
3: I remember I, I tried to do just been blog for a thing. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if they still are in that. Yeah. I tried to do a, a little blog about business. Well, I don't I even know but and you know what else I did? Oh to forget that you guys are gonna hate this. <laughs> I um I went to I did CrossFit for a year and I wrote a blog about CrossFit and no no offense, anyone who does CrossFit, but I thought like every day I was like, I gotta tell the world about this exercise I just did <laughs> I it, but, but I really thought it was like news breaking like and, and honestly i really think it was just oh uh, but i was my my heart was trying to e- express itself
2: somehow oh, but i was yeah. still shoving that down mm-hmm. and and it wasn't like i said until he, he passed when i was uh, i
3: i really just took inventory of myself and was like dude you're not happy you're not proud of yourself. You wouldn't make your father proud. You wouldn't be proud of the person you're becoming. The man you're becoming isn't something to write home about. What kind of person do you want to be? What makes you happy? And, and that's when, only when I asked myself those questions did it, it, it
0: resurface? So you were trying to push it down, and it leaked out in the CrossFit
1: block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, CrossFit's to blame. I'm so, I'm more like I'm more shocked at the rewriting of you know all
0: oh, the books. The,
1: the books. I mean, to me, that's that is, if that doesn't tell you what you're meant to do, I don't know what does, you know?
0: like, here's this book. It, it kind of sucks I mean, a little. I mean, Hang on. I could on. do it better. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get some edits.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I remember too, just thinking like every one of these books is going to take me so, so long. And I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I still, I, I think I was in sports and did other things. Otherwise I might not have ever seen sunlight.
1: Oh my gosh. So, okay. Where do you live, even? I'm like, oh, oh, where, who is this don't, guy? Don't start stalking okay. this guy. What? <laughs> uh,
3: I have literally been all over the country the last 10 years, but um, I, I spent the, the bulk of my time in New Orleans.
1: Ah, he does so, have a little, you have a little like slight accent and I've been trying sure. to figure it out.
3: Just a little a little point. I know people, I'm in San Diego now and, and it kind of scares them a little bit even when I say yes, ma'am <laughs> or yes, sir. they a little confused, <laughs> but, Yeah. I'm in San Diego now.
1: Okay. Okay. And the other question you write a lot about love. Have you ever been in love that you can pull from that experience? Or do you feel that you pull from others when they speak of that?
2: So, even when people
3: ask me to write their story, the, the way I'm, I can, the most authentic way I know how to write someone else's story is to relive my own experiences relating to their story. Got it. Um, um, so sometimes it's really difficult if it's somebody wants me to write about a sibling uh, or a family member who's passed away. I will relive my own, you know, c- circumstance where that relates, you know, to that. And, um, and I have been, fortunately or unfortunately, in love three times. So I, I doubt I'm going to do that much more. But <laughs> I'm, right now is the third time, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's going very really well. I, in the past, I used to do this thing where, because I was so afraid, I think I would, I would just, that would be, they would date a poet essentially. And they would just be inundated with romance. And, uh, I would really put myself out there. That is kind of how I, how I am. I, uh, you know, I'm an emotional right. romantic and, um, this one's a little different. It's nice. She knows me. She knows who I am, and I, I don't have to do that. It's a lot safer. It's a lot more comfortable. I could just be myself. But in fact, if I if I did write her a poem, I know she would appreciate it. But she
2: probably, I don't know, laughing a little bit.
1: Well, she should definitely save it because it could be worth a lot of money one of these days. <laughs> so, shout out to those exes that might have some old cards or poetry. Oh, no. You know, you might these those might be worth money one one of these days. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they can get a few cents on ebay maybe
1: <laughs> hey i'm telling you i have i have i'm really looking forward to your next um your next book this was amazing can you please tell people where they can find it
2: yeah
3: so uh if anybody wanted to get a signed coffee you know, Facebook and Instagram uh, have their own shops now, and you can find me on, on either one of those platforms and order directly through social media now, which is pretty convenient. Um, I have a, a website as well that you'll find through my social media. If you just wanted uh, an unsigned copy on your doorstep in two days, well, then, of course, Amazon's the way to go, and you can find it on Barnes & Noble as well. All all six titles are on there.
1: And your handle on both Instagram and Facebook is at JTB dot raymond r-a-y-m-o-n-d right that's right okay all right
0: well, well thanks for joining this I, thanks for sharing your story and um
1: thank you i was spending some time with us i was sweating yeah. a little here because i was yeah. a little nervous like <laughs> like interviewing some someone i admire so much so really you have touched my soul through your writings and i just want to thank you for that i am a huge huge fan
0: and i think i'm grateful it connects it means a lot to me and I think now, Jai, I think you're above Joey from New Kids yeah. on the Block. I think.
3: You know, you- that was, I didn't know it at the time when I was rewriting those goosebumps, but this is, uh, that's a better aim for me, I think, if I could become more yes. popular than the New
2: Kids.
1: For sure. You're you're, get, you're up there. So thank you. We really do appreciate it. Um, if you're ever in the Chicago area, contact Jerome and I and we'll show, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll tell you all the hot spots to hit. Love it.
2: Thank you.
1: Yes. All right. Thanks so much. Right. Have a good all day. Bye. bye.
2: Wow. Wow, that was good.
1: That was really, you know? Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. The goosebumps thing really I mean, did
0: you read those books? I did read it?
1: those books. Okay. I actually I read a lot of Nancy Drew. But to the and I was always a very avid reader, but to think that I would be able to write better than the author mind boggles me.
0: Yeah. Didn't even cross your mind. You're no, just like, it didn't just even gonna... cross my
1: mind. Like this is fantastic.
0: Like, uh, it's okay, but Yes. Here's what I would do.
1: Right. That's- and I, I also thought him, or I really do think that saying that he always criticizes his work, even mm-hmm. though someone can think it's so amazing and so beautiful,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I find that kind of fascinating because I think we are all in a way like that.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you you always think you can, oh, I could do it. I could have done that a little bit better.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm But people don't think, it, it's it, it gives you perspective. Not everybody... Thinks what you think in your own brain about your work, your creative. You know, we both yeah. are creative. Yeah. And it, it, you can probably re- relate with music more so than anything.
0: Oh, I I rewrite the shit out of songs. Like I, you know, I they I plan I think about it in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna change that word. But I, I like that idea of his about it's a little paper boat. You just finish it and you just and yeah, send, it, send it off and send it down the. I don't know, the street or where, yeah. wherever you send paper books. Because
1: if it were me writing this, I would be like, I need to hand this to the person, stare at them, and wait for the reaction. <laughs> like, they, right. this is going to be epic. They're going to cry their yeah. eyes out, and I'm going to feel so good about my work. Yeah. And he's like, I just don't care after that. Yeah. Like, that. he doesn't do it for the the reaction.
0: Right.
1: I, right. I'd i be that kind of person. I'd want yeah. the reaction. Well, yeah. So, all I- right, get yourself a uh, copy of this book. I'm telling you, awesome. Go check him out on um. The, Social the, media.
0: The Kindred Project by Jay Raymond. Um,
1: that's J. Yeah. Dot R-A-Y-M-O-N-D. Let yeah. us know what you think.
0: So that's it for this episode of Two Fifty Be Tied I'm Jerome.
1: I'm Constance.
0: And we'll see you next time.
1: Bye. <laughs>